Hey guys, it's Dawn. If you would like to hear the How My Parents Raised Me podcast ad-free, and if you would like access to subscriber-only episodes, join me in the What's the Truth community. You can join via the Apple Podcast app. There's a link right there in the app. Or go to whatsthetruth.supercast.com. Links are in the show notes. Don't miss out on all the extra content I'm sharing. I can't wait to see you over there. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST toxic masculinity you know toxic masculinity is the outgrowth of men being groomed through tv through society through sports that that vulnerability is is weak and it's not manly and it's shameful but it's not you know the more what i've learned and and i think most men are starting to 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 come onto this now the more you are vulnerable the more you're able to communicate, the more you're able to talk about your fears and cry and and share the darkest secret of your life, the more masculine you are, the more of a man you are, the more of a healthy relationship you're going to have with your partner, your wife, your, whatever it is. And, and we just need to change that. Welcome to How My Parents Raised Me. I'm Dawn Chitty. When we are born, we arrive here as pure and perfect souls and the direction our life takes from that moment is deeply connected to what our parents bring to our lives. And what our parents bring to our lives is deeply connected to what their parents brought to their lives and that's the cycle of families. I have always craved connection with real and raw stories to understand What makes you, you? What makes you the absolutely unique human that you are? Stories are medicine for the soul. They can connect us and they can change the world. And so in this podcast, I'm listening to beautiful souls sharing their story. What happened to them? How they got through? 
and how they have healed and thrived despite everything to arrive right here in this moment. Content warning, if you are triggered by the themes of this podcast, please seek a helpline in your city. Hello, my beautiful friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Tracy Berger is my special guest blogger on the Heal blog this week. And Tracy knows how harsh your inner critic can be. As a child who suffered from emotional neglect, Tracy struggled with depression for years. Tracy is generously sharing her insights into how you can silence your inner critic in this new blog post entitled Three Steps to Love Your Inner Critic. Pop into the show notes now to find the link to this blog post. Toxic masculinity continues to perpetuate our culture's deeply held beliefs about what it means to be a man. It promotes dominance, emotional suppression, aggression, and inhibits the open expression of emotion. We're slowly breaking down the barriers to what society expects of men, but the statistics for men taking their own lives is still a huge number because men don't talk. Men don't know how to tell their secrets. Men don't know how to be vulnerable. Nathan Spiteri was groomed from eight years of age by a man he met at the local swimming pool. His life was destroyed and he went off the rails for years and he never told a soul what had happened to him. Now Nathan is advocating for men to understand that vulnerability is strength, that emotions are okay, that talking about what's going on is essential. We pick this story up as Nathan is describing how we need to stop pretending that sexual abuse is not happening to boys. Let's stop pretending it doesn't happen and start having these conversations, these real conversations around mental health. And we are, we are more so. But it's it's fascinating since my memoirs come out, you know, I, I was with, with the PR team and we would approach the media. 90% of the media would say to me, Nathan, if you're a woman, we would talk to you today. Because you're a man, we are not going to talk about this. And that's where society's at. And that's why we need to change this. But that's why these men are being abused and, and no one wants to know about it. Toxic masculinity. You know, toxic masculinity is the outgrowth of men being groomed through TV, through society, through sports, that, that vulnerability is, is weak and it's not manly. And it's shameful, but it's not, you know, the more what I've learned, and, and I think most men are starting to, to, to come onto this now, the more you are vulnerable, the more you're able to communicate, the more you're able to talk about your fears and cry and, and share the darkest secret of your life, the more masculine you are, the more of a man you are, the more of a healthy relationship you're going to have with your partner, your wife, your, whatever it is. And, and we just need to change that. We need to stop that. We need to understand there was a, a recent study done that a recent study done on tears we shed as human beings, not happy tears, but tears from anger, hatred, sorrow, depression. There are enough toxins and poisons in these tears to kill a rat. So imagine what these tears do to us as humans. Obviously, we're much bigger than rats, but imagine just the buildup of it all, what it does to us as humans when we hold these tears inside. 
And that's why when we hold all this stuff inside, we don't share, we don't become vulnerable, we don't communicate, we keep it inside and we suppress it, suppress it, suppress it, and push it down and push it down, that eventually it just builds and builds and builds and builds and builds and builds until we fucking lose our minds, blow our brains out, kill, go on a massacre. You know, in Australia, we kill our wives and our kids. There's a lot of that going on and it's here as well. It's because these men don't understand masculinity. They don't understand how to communicate. They don't understand how to be vulnerable, how to share how they feel or or communicate. They don't want to do therapy. Therapy, you know, men don't go to therapy. Men don't cry. Men, men are strong. But we need to fucking change this narrative. We need to we need to change this narrative. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. And of course, that's where, especially here, you know, the drinking culture comes in. It's the only time that men actually relax, isn't it? The, yeah. Um, but they don't, like, I'll often say to my partner, what did you guys talk about? And he doesn't, they don't, I don't know what guys talk about, you know, they don't talk about guys, the deep stuff. No, you know? guys talk about, they talk about girls, they talk about sport, they talk about sex. Even me with my best mates. We are more so now because they know of my story and they're becoming more vulnerable with me. But even me with my mates before I came out, it was all sex, women, sport. Yeah. That's we don't much talk it. about we don't talk about oh I'm feeling like this and this the other. And, and that's why we have the campaign. It's it's you know, it's okay not to be okay, you know, that that saying. And and that's amazing. Yes, it is okay not to be okay. But more importantly that, than that, it is okay to show and to share that you are not okay. Because, yes, it's okay not to be okay, but if you're still holding it all inside and not sharing that, it's, you're, st- you're in that same fucking situation. Mm. So it's okay not to be okay, absolutely. But it's also okay to talk about not being okay, to sharing that you're not okay, to being vulnerable, to 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 crying, to to – openly communicate how you feel and what you want and what you're going through, whether it's a personal thing, whether it's with work, whether it's your with your wife, whether it's with the family or whatever the situation is. We just need to be a lot more accepting and a lot more open and, and we need to believe survivors because a lot of people who have come out and I've had a lot of people reach out to me online and tell me this, they've come out about their story, their loved one or their family has said, don't lie. That didn't happen to you. Shut up. Don't say anything about it. And then they suppress it even more. They keep it inside even more. And again, it just builds and builds and builds until they explode. So, yeah. yeah. Yes. Well, it's the shame of the family, isn't it? People, people don't want that person putting shame on their family. Like you talked about it in India, but it's, it's actually the shame is real for everybody. And it's really, it's there's so much there's so much to change it's like there's so much My, to change talking about that when this article came out about me and it was a time when i can't even remember who the australian prime minister was maybe it was kevin rudd or whoever it was they did the big public apology to all all children who had been abused in 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 whether it was a catholic church or the boy scouts or whatever it was a good friend of mine was one of the the, the senior reporters for the canberra times and she said, Nathan, and she knew about me. And she said, Nathan, can we please tell your story? Because it would it would change so much. And you know, you're a good looking guy. You're living in New York. You're 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 an actor. You're chasing your dreams. But yes, you had this horrible thing happen to you. But look at you now. You're thriving. 
And I'm like, oh, okay, okay. And I ummed and ah about it. So I went and told my parents. And speaking of shame, my mum said, well, if you do this story, can it be anonymous? Do you have to put your name? Do you have to put a photo? And, you know, I spoke to, to Brie, my friend, and she said, Nathan, we have to because otherwise it's anonymous made up story. But if we put your name, if we put your photo, it adds so much more weight to the story and it gives a story life. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Yes, let's do it. So, yes, my parents were really scared and worried and holy fuck, you know, old school Europeans. What, you know, what's everyone going to say, especially in that little European community? What are these people going to think of us and think of our family? It's going to bring shame. But when the article came out, my parents had nothing but love or they received nothing but love from their friends, from the community, from my brothers and sisters as well. They thought, you know, there'd be some trolls or there'd be some haters online, but touch wood, there weren't. And they received nothing but love. So I think in receiving that, they understood that, okay, this is okay. This is okay to talk about it. And we need to talk about it. So then they they opened up and they relaxed a little bit more. But it was, you know, initially there was a lot of shame there. There was a lot of, oh my God, you can't do this. You can't put your name out there. You can't associate yourself with this because then we're going to be associated. And what's everyone going to think about us? But when they received love from all their friends, then then they were okay with it. Yeah, and I think it it so depends on your experience, doesn't it? Because I've heard that a lot where people have opened up and told their story and they have just received, you know, so much more connection with other people because in the end there's all these other people around you who probably have a very similar story, you know, who are struggling with all the same things and and who are desperate to for somebody else to say this is, you know, what's happened. I don't have to listen to a podcast to hear a story. I can actually speak to the 20 people that I know locally and half of them probably are struggling with all the things that I am, you know, and that's it's, what yeah, it's all about. It, it's so fascinating. After my story came out, I had so many anonymously and, and guys who I knew reach out to me and say the same thing happened to me at the pool or the same thing happened to me in Canberra or the same thing happened to me in Queanbeyan. And I'm like, holy fuck, it wasn't just me. And, and there were so many other men and boys in Canberra or in Queanbeyan where I grew up who, who they had this happen to them, whether it was the same man, whether it was other men, I don't know. But yeah, so it was, yeah. It was fascinating just how many guys it was happening to mm. and who, who never came out about it yes and so as an adult you seem to know who this man is did you find out about him it was it was, it was funny so this article came out it wasn't funny but this article came out about me he's dead now he died long before i had a chance to find out who he was or who he is so this article came out, out and mum mum grew up in, in town in Queanbeyan and all her girlfriends who she went to school with. So the article came out, mum and her girlfriends got together or they all read about it and they all got together and had a chat about it. And I went back to Australia for, I think it was probably Christmas or a holiday, whatever it was. And I walked into the house and mum was sitting there with three or four of her, of her best friends from when they were kids. And it was like an intervention. They sat me down and they, you know, just asked me all these questions. And, and then they were talking about it amongst themselves. Cause you know, obviously when you grow up in a small town, there's always rumors or oh, he's a pedophile or he's an alcoholic or he's a drunk or he beats his wife or whatever the fucking situation is. 
So they asked me all these questions. They put two and two together and we kind of worked out who it was through that, through my parents or through my mum and her friends. And and I I, real, I found out he died of early onset Alzheimer's and dementia. And everyone's like, well, that's great. Now you've got closure. Now you can move forward. Now you can, you know, but as much as I have closure, I would have loved, as, as we spoke about earlier, I would have loved to have sat with him and asked him questions. Why me? Did it happen to you? How many other guys or, or whatever the situation was? And then I'd take a baseball bat and I'd kill him or a cricket bat and I'd kill him. Not because of what he's done to me, because with what he's done to me, I'm at peace with, just so he couldn't do it to another child. And I think a big part of my healing journey, as much as I just said I'd take a baseball bat and I'd kill him, a big part of my healing journey is forgiveness and forgiving myself for what was done to me and for what I did to people. But also, yes, I had to go to a certain extent to forget to forgive this man. I'm never going to forget it. And even though I forgave him, doesn't mean I don't want to kill him. So I, I had to forgive him in order to, to let go of the anger and the hatred that I had in me. I hated the world. I hated him. I hated everyone around me. I didn't trust anyone. If I was going to move forward with my life, it was I was going to be able to find some peace and find some love and find some joy and just be able to love myself. I had to forgive. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That was a big, big thing I learned in therapy. And, and just to touch on some other things that I've learned in therapy, the major, major part, parts was obviously the forgiveness. And my therapist would always, she was a tough, tough woman. And she would always say, Nathan, if you could go back today and speak to your eight-year-old self, what would you tell him? And I would arm and ar about it and not want to answer. And I had no idea, but she just kept on me, kept on me, kept on me until it just came to me one day in therapy. And I realized that it wasn't your fault. If I could go back and speak to the eight-year-old boy, I would tell him it wasn't your fault. Once I learned that, the weight started, you know, lifting off my shoulders like an onion, the, the layers started peeling off. I was finally able to understand, like I said earlier, my relationship with this man, my relationship with my family, with friends, with lovers. And I remember in group therapy, my therapist said to us all, all right, I want you all to talk about something that you're proud of, something that you've achieved in life. And they all went first and I was last. And it's all in, it's all in a memoir, but it was my turn. And halfway through everyone talking, I just started crying and I just, it just hit me and it knocked me. And as much as I'd hit my, my lowest point in life, my real lowest point in my life 
was in group therapy in the safe space. It wasn't when I was dr- on drugs. It wasn't when I was depressed. It wasn't when I was getting beaten up or raped or anything like that or, or beating someone up. I hit my rock bottom in group therapy because when it was my turn to share what I'd, I'd achieved or what I'd, yeah, what I'd achieved or what I was happy about in my life, I realized that there was absolutely nothing in my 32 years of existence. There was absolutely nothing I had achieved or I was proud of in my life. Mm-hmm. And it just fucking knocked me. It, it broke me, completely broke me. But then one of the other guys who was in therapy with me, he leaned into me and said, Nathan, you're here. This is what you should be proud of. This is what you've achieved in your life. And it's so fucking true that showing up is what mattered most. Showing up is what matters most is, is finally being able to talk about what happened to you, share your story, openly communicate. Because once you do that, as hard as it is, and that, 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 that healing journey is tough and can be very hard, it just gets easier. Talking about your story, finding peace gets easier. So just just showing up is what mattered most is, is something that's very powerful to me. And another big thing for me in finding closure for myself was my therapist in group therapy said, all right, I want you all now to write a letter to your abuser or to your traumas telling them that they do not own you anymore, that you're free from them, that that you're, you're a survivor, you're thriving, you're strong. And it did take me about two, three years to write this letter. It took me a long time. I didn't write it straight away because I still wasn't ready for it. I wasn't there. I still needed to learn more about myself and learn more about this man and go on this healing journey, do my therapy and, and my AA and all that type stuff. I went home. It was, it was my sister's husband died. He died of cancer when he was young. So we went home. I went home for the funeral. And I sat in my bedroom when I was a kid. I found this toy car that this man gave me. That's why the book is called Toy Cars. I found this toy car that this man gave me. And I just sat there and wrote the, wrote the note to him telling him that he doesn't own me anymore, that I'm free from him. I'm powerful. I'm strong. I'm a fucking survivor. I'm no longer a victim. You know, all that stuff. And then I went down to the local park and near the Queen Pool, near the pool. And... I burnt the letter and I, I burnt the car. I burnt, I built myself a little, little, little fire and just, I, I put the fight, the note in there and, and, and I burnt the car and, and, you know, do what another thing that the therapist said to us is, was, is to do what we want with the letter. We can burn it. We can give it to a loved one. We can take it to our grave. We can give it to our abuser. We can give it to a family member, whatever you want to do with the letter, do what, do what you want. However, you're going to find peace with that and get closure with that. And for me, it was, just to have a quiet moment on my own with the letter, with the car, and then just burn it and let it go and see the see the ashes just fly into space and 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 be done with it. So that was a big part of my healing journey, being able to move forward, being able to find closure, being able to educate myself and understand the situation. Wow. Yeah, that's so powerful, isn't it? Even just when you said that you what would you say to your eight-year-old self eight-year-old self, and just being able to say it wasn't your fault I I just you know I felt this kind of weight come off of myself just oh you know it's so amazing and then to be able to release all of that in a letter and it sounds like you found a really incredible therapist as well that's got that's a huge key isn't it 
for people. That's a massive key. And, and you know, it, it took me a while to find to find her. And even when I when her and I finished and I had to find another one because my therapist passed away, I always make sure to find a therapist and I'll ask questions and you're okay. You're allowed to ask questions. I want a therapist who has been through it. Not not necessarily what I've been through, but has have but has lived a life, has had some trauma. You could be academically smart. You could be the most academically smartest fucking person in the world. But if you haven't lived it, if you haven't felt it, you don't know it as, as much as you can read about it. So I've always wanted to be with someone who, who, who gets it and who understands it. So that is an important thing. And, and for anyone out there who is looking for a therapist, don't settle. So don't, don't settle and look for the one that you're going to connect with. Look for the one that's going to work for you. Very important. Another big important thing in my healing journey is to surround yourself with the right people, the people who are going to love you, the people who are going to trust you, the people who are going to believe you, the people who are just going to sit there and listen. That's what we want is we just want someone to listen and to believe us. And I talk about this in my TED talk that three of the most important or the three of the most powerful words in the English language are I hear you and to surround yourself with someone who hears you who fucking understands you, who's going to listen, who's going to support, who's going to love, who's going to hold, who's going to be there for you and do all that stuff. Because like I said, you can tell someone and they're going to say, that's bullshit. That didn't happen to you. Shut up. Don't talk about it. Just live your life. And, and I've had that. I've had people say to me, Nathan, just get on with it. That happened. You're, you know, that was 20 years ago. But what people don't understand is, what happened to me, what's happened to you, what's happened to everyone out there when it relates to trauma, it's a part of me now. It's a part of my DNA. It's a part of who I am. And it's not about, like I talked about earlier, it's not about throwing it away and letting go of it. It's about moving forward with it. It's about doing the work so that you understand what it is. You understand what you went through. You're understanding your relationship with it and you're able to move forward with it. You're able to evolve with it. You're able to grow with it. Because if you let it go and just throw it away and that didn't happen, that didn't happen, I'm going to pretend it doesn't exist. It's going to come back and kick your ass twice as hard next time. So making sure to surround yourself with the people who love you, the people who trust you, and just be kind on yourself. Take care of yourself mentally, physically, emotionally. For me, a big part of my healing journey, and again, it was in the, in the story, in the book, is going to the gym. And as much as, as I needed to be healthy physically, going to the gym kept me sane or as sane as it could mentally and emotionally. They were two very big things for me in, in my, in my healing journey. And even today is surrounding myself with the right people, not falling back into the old crowd of the drugs and the sex and the violence. And, and just, just be kind to yourself, take care of yourself and give yourself time, give yourself time because it's, it's, it's not a quick fix. Thank you for being on this journey of healing and community with me. If you listen on Apple, I would love it if you could take a moment to post a review for the podcast. It would mean a lot. Check the show notes for all links recommended in this episode. If you're on Instagram, follow me at my big love project and please share this episode with someone you know needs to hear it. Thank you for joining me. You are such an incredible soul because you are you. 
You are unique. Your journey is unique and you can absolutely change the world with your story. Your time is precious and I so appreciate you being here. Thanks for joining me. I'll catch you next week. Thank you.